Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. What's going on, all you outdoorsy creatives? Welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. I'm Iris. And I'm Lisa. And we're your hosts. Yeah, coming at you live from Whitefish, Montana, out of the wheelie office. Not live, but close enough. We're continuing our theme of negotiation for the month of April, and we have a really great guest and also a friend of wheelie on the show today. That's right. We have a legendary photographer, Andrew Chad. Andrew's like our favorite photographer slash transient van lifer. (laughs) He can be hard to track down. He's elusive like a unicorn. Uh, but when he's in town and all the stars align and we get to do a shoot with him, uh, it's pretty it's pretty magical. So sometimes we shoot in-house and a lot of times we work with Andrew. Kind of yeah. depends. Yeah. And I think uh, this is a great episode for anyone trying to become an action sports photographer or just a photographer in general. Andrew shares kind of his journey into the world of photography. Um, he talks about working with athletes as a photographer and how it seems like everyone is a photographer these days Um, and as well as negotiating the outdoors, staying warm, using your camera as a tool, all those things. And because yeah because Andrew is a visual artist he he does reference certain photographs and so we will have that posted on the Instagram feed as well as in the show notes so that you can take a look at it and see what Andrew's talking about so extensively. And then next week, it's going to be interesting because we have the skier, the athlete, Corey Seaman, uh, who's in Andrew's photo that he speaks about so much, who's going to be talking about what it's like to be an athlete working with a photographer. So this will be fun because it's kind of a two-part episode. The first time we talk with the photographer and the second time we talk with the athlete. So um, it's a good one. It's a fun one. Yeah. So let's get into it. Hey, Andrew, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, no problem. Stoked to be here. Um, So the first question we ask every guest is to describe where they are and what they're looking at. Um, Well, I just got back to Whitefish, which is home for me. Um, I'm in the back of my van that is kind of dirty after a month on the road in Canada. Um. I've got my assistant, which is my dog in the back with me right now, and we're looking at a bunch of melted snow and rain right now, just kind of heartbreaking. No, when you got back, how long were you gone? I was up there for a month. Oh, wow. No wonder I haven't seen you. Yeah, no, it's it's been fun. Um, it was also balmy and 50 degrees for half of it, so the skiing is questionable. What have you been doing for a month? Uh, let's see, I went up. Uh, early in the month, I went to Blanket Glacier um, for my, I think, third trip this year, which is always a good time. Um, and from there, I bumped over to Whistler. Um, it was the first time out in that region, which was a great time. It was fun to just be a flat-out tourist at that place mm-hmm. and just sit on patios with sunglasses and enjoy the sun. Um, and then went back to Golden for a little bit, um, which is probably my favorite ski town in North America. And then went on another blanket trip. So a lot of time with the blanket this year. What are you doing for them? Shooting photos and skiing and making jokes? 
yeah, you know, a bunch of dad jokes. Mm-hmm. There was some photo taking um, and some pretty good skiing, surprisingly, for not having that much snow in, in Canada. That sounds awesome. Well, welcome home. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. And negotiation. That's our word of the month. So what does negotiation mean to you? Oh, it's all over the board, to be honest. Um, I think the big one almost every day is just negotiating with yourself to get out of bed when it's nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with that actually almost daily. <laughs> you know, the back, the back of the van's quite cozy. And when it's super cold outside, it's hard to get up and put on cold ski boots and catch a sunrise. Um, it's absolutely the last thing sometimes you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that daily negotiation with yourself on how to like stay motivated enough um, to keep yourself busy. You you don't seem lazy though. You get a lot of sunrise shots. I, yeah, but it's it's always a battle. Every time it seems to be a battle with me. Um, and then of course when you're out there and you're seeing the sunrise, you're always like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." And yeah, I think half the battle or half the trick is just reminding yourself of that when you don't want to be outside. Yeah, you enjoy doing van life. It's been fun. Um, it's got its ups and downs. Right now, the van is in some poor shape after this winter. So uh, that part of it, I don't. I do. I think the most fun thing is the winter van life because you meet some interesting characters that are parked in a lot of these ski parking lots in Canada. And you get your own little communities of kind of van lifers that are all suffering in the cold. Are they all photographers as well? Uh, There's a couple every once in a while. Most of them are just a bunch of ski bums trying to avoid reality i don't blame them yeah no it's it's great and it's yeah the cast of characters is just insane sometimes it's true it's true so you for our listeners who maybe don't know you you're an amazing photographer and just a damn good dude all around so what's that journey been like for you um it's been a fun one uh it's something i never really considered growing up um i didn't really I didn't grow up in that type of culture where, or at least I grew up in a culture where it was basically like business, law school, something along those lines. Um, so to take the leap kind of late 20s to pick up a camera and be like, hey, this is this is a lot of fun. This is what really what kind of lights your fire every day was a, a bit of a leap. And it, it took a while, but I'm glad it happened. Um, but yeah, kind of three years ago. Really kind of started focusing on it. Took a few workshops um, through the Summit Workshop Group. Um, they do like an adventure one in Jackson Hole every summer. Um, so I did a couple of those. And each year, like things kind of progressed fairly quickly. Um, and then, yeah, got the van and was like, got some advice from, from one of the photographers. He's like, hey, just go around and shoot absolutely everything. And at the time, I just wanted to do skiing. Um, but I didn't really have the portfolio or kind of the people skills for it. So he's like, yeah, just go, go to a coffee shop, shoot the coffee shop, shoot people walking down the street, go to, you know, a lacrosse game, shoot lacrosse, do all these random things. Um, and that was, that was kind of a huge, huge stepping point was to not be afraid to be kind of that nerd with the camera at every single event, taking photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was, that's also a big learning one is, just being comfortable outside with a camera in front of a lot of people 
and kind of kind of look like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a showy side to it, right? I'm really interested in what you said that you didn't have the people skills to to do ski photography. So tell me about that. That's a really interesting statement. Um, well, I think like I've always I've always enjoyed skiing. Um, it's always I think it's one of the more fun social sports out there. Mm-hmm. Especially you come here and whitefish. You just stand at the summit for five minutes and you'll find some friends on ev- any given day. Um, but when it came to the people skills, it was just being comfortable asking people to essentially kind of not waste their powder day, but maybe do their powder day a little bit slower. Um, and that was that was a tough one to get around. Um, a lot of us just want to keep skiing. No one wants to sit around in the cold for some kid to figure out how to take a ski photo. Um, so there was a little bit of a confidence issue at the very beginning. Um, and then I think what helped with all of that was having the, the knowledge in the backcountry, um, taking those higher level avalanche classes to where you can, you know, kind of dictate and make decisions back there. And people, you know, start paying a little bit more attention to the fact you have a clue. Um, I, I, I love working with you because you're very dependable and like, you don't really, you always get the shot and I never even see you do it. You always like go crawl in a tree well or something. Yeah. Well, you know, you look back at our, our shoot that we did over Christmas and yeah, it was basically like hiding in a tree well in all black, kind of hoping it's going to work. Um, but yeah, it's always been super fun working with you guys. It's about as easy as it can be. It's true. We're not that demanding. No, no. Unless you like, you know, talk trash to the strong arm. It's true. It's true. We we just demand excellence. High standard at Wheelie. Yeah, it's yeah. I find that it's really fun to work with photographers, but it can also be very difficult. And you're probably my favorite photographer to work with because you're always just down. You're always like, yeah, we can figure that out. Yeah, and I think you know, going back to little people skills, that was it's quite fun to be on the other side of it now, Tori. You ask for you have a problem that you need solved and I enjoy that problem solving aspect of it because you guys, you always put me in some weird, funny situations. We like to put you in weird situations. You're, you're our yeah. go-to guy for that. Yeah. Even when you need me to be a third wheel. <laughs> you were in front of the camera once. That was fun. <laughs> what has been the hardest thing for you about your journey to become a badass photographer? Um, I think, I think the big one that I'm still getting my head around is, um, things just don't show up. Like every once in a while, you'll get a random email or a message on Instagram. Like, Hey, I got this project for you. Great. Um, and then you think, you know, one of those is going to lead to another and then another, um, which it's, it actually doesn't. Things just don't start rolling in. Once you do one good project, it's kind of a bunch of little projects, then goes dead silence. And I think the biggest learning challenge has been to figure out how to gap those projects with other things in between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, creativity just doesn't show up. Um, you kind of have to, you have to keep shooting. You have to keep wandering around in the woods. Things will start showing up then, but nothing good shows up when you're debating on whether or not that sunrise is going to be a good sunrise or it's going to be a good sunset. 
you can't negotiate with the sun, really. It just no, you can't work. negotiate with weather. I try every single day. <laughs> Lisa, dating can be really hard. It can be really hard to know what you want in life. You, when you're trying to find the right person, you have to like go up to someone in bars, or you have to download an app, and you gotta swipe in different directions. It's really complicated. You know, sometimes it's about timing and fit, like who's available at the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's about going with what you know because your friend said they like someone or going with someone that your friend tries to set you up with. Yeah, we've all been on dates like that where it's like, this just isn't a good fit. When can it be over? Yes. Luckily, there's an app for, for dating. But you know what there's not an app for? What? Finding the right creative agency. There's so many creative agencies out there. How are you going to find the right fit? Let's just save people some time and tell them about a really great creative agency we know called Wheelie. Oh yeah, we do know that creative agency. There's a fun meter at Wheelie, and so you have to like fun, be outdoorsy, have products that make a difference in the world, and basically not be boring. Yeah, so if you thrive outside, you should swipe right on a great creative agency called Wheelie and visit wheeliecreative.com. If you're boring, swipe left. I really enjoyed that Andrew touches on the importance of customer service and people skills when you are a creative. Yeah, I think as a photographer, um, if you're an aspiring photographer, you're obviously going to dive into how your camera works and all the different ways to, to capture a great photo, but there's a whole other side of it, which is working with the people you're photographing. At Wheelie, we like to call that Custy Serves. Custy Serves. Short for customer service, and I'm always talking about our custy serves. <laughs> and that's just, I don't know, that's probably an aspect of getting into the photography industry that people don't necessarily think of. So I'm glad Andrew brought that up, um, having to learn how to work with people and, and not be shy asking for people to get in front of the lens. It's also really awesome that Andrew cares so much about snow safety. Obviously, when you're working in the backcountry and avalanche terrain, that is a major skill set. It's actually incredibly complex to become an action sports photographer in the backcountry because you do have to be physically in shape and talented at your craft as well as avalanche aware and avi savvy. So big props to Andrew for nailing all three of those things. Yeah, yeah. Safety is definitely important. Should we get back to Andrew? Let's do it. What would be your ideal weather day for a shoot? Um, oh gosh. If it was skiing, it's got to be kind of like in and out clouds, in and out storms, moody, unpredictable, where it's all of a sudden you see the light and you're like, go, go, go. We got to do this right now. Um, that's pretty fun. Um, bluebird, bluebird powder days are just, they're easy. There's not much thought behind them. So I kind of like, I like when it's challenging weather um, and not set in stone. That's, that's pretty interesting. You've advanced to the next level. Well, yeah. And like, now that I think of it, we were just up at the blanket and um, I was up there with Corey Seaman and a few other good friends. And um, we're, Corey and I were trying to dial up this line for a ski shot and the weather had been in and out all day. Things were looking good for that, like that moment when I asked him to go up to the ridge and ski down. And then as soon as he got up to the ridge, this grapple storm showed up. And um, 
Yeah, it was actually one of the more interesting experiences. We learned that there's quite a lot of electricity in grapple storms, especially when you're in the cloud. Oh. And so all of us actually started buzzing. So we all thought it was like a summer electric electrical storm and everyone kind of like just basically ran out of there. So yeah, those those kind of moments are the ones I remember and think are like, you know, that shot was well worth it. Or not worth it sometimes, but that shot had a little bit more story behind it than, oh yeah, we just cruised up on a blue powder day and knocked out a bunch of shots. What are you talking about? Was What is this electricity? Yeah, so Graupel, um is a lot, you know, it's it's the same kind of weather system that you'd get in a thunderstorm, mm-hmm. um, where the, there's a lot of energy moving up and down in the clouds. Mm-hmm. We only learned this afterwards, because we're a bunch of, you know, essentially novices when it comes to weather, so we had to ask one of the guides. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, that up and down movement creates a lot of charge in a cloud, and we just happen to be in the cloud. Um, and it, it created kind of electricity around us. It was the most bizarre, fascinating feeling. Yeah. Corey was like, Hey, I'm, I'm buzzing. He says this over the radio. I'm buzzing guys. Like it's pretty staticky up here. And we're like, no, we can hear you fine on the radio. What's up? <laughs> like I'm actually buzzing. And so, you know, a few of us walked up 15 feet in elevation and all of a sudden we're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely buzzing. I think it's time to go home. Did you think it was like a Coreyism at first? Like, you guys, I'm buzzing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's Corey. He's always on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the, kid's got, the kid's got more energy than I, you know, I would even know what to do with. And so, they're like, yeah, of course, Corey's buzzing. <laughs> you took a really good photo of Corey. Who, where have I seen that all over the internet? Instagram or. Uh... I think he's in chicken nuggets or something, perhaps. Oh, yeah, over the valley. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of those days we had no expectation. We were just cruising around the mountain, like, hey, let's take a few photos. I have my red jacket on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had we had really no expectation for that day. And that one actually turned out pretty well. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that shot on the mountain before. Yeah, and now I see that photo everywhere. So that was a good one. It also helps when the skiers are good. It just cuts down on so much work. Well, absolutely. Every time I have to be in front of the camera, it's awkward. Like I go for the turn and I trip and fall and yeah, it's embarrassing. Do you do you think there's like a really special relationship between photographer and athlete? And what do you, what can you say about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially in say backcountry skiing. Because um, it's not just photographer, athlete, it's touring partners as well. I think that's kind of what the basis is. Um, so yeah, you you know you're you're trusting them as a touring partner to go make smart decisions in the backcountry. Um, and then there's you know the development of athlete photographer where you know Corey and I have been shooting for a couple of years now, and we know I know what to expect from Corey when he goes down a hill. Um, there's not too many surprises, so I'm like, hey Corey, you need to hit this mark. And he's like, okay, I can do that. Um, and that that's pretty special, to be able to like work quickly. And if you look back at um, the shoot we did with Parkin and Maggie, like those what nineteen and twenty year olds, mm-hmm. like I I couldn't talk to adults at that age. I wouldn't have a clue. And those two are just such great skiers, and they're so good at what they do. They're like, Parkin, can you do this? He's like, I can do that, no question. 
and it just streamlines the whole process. There's really no guesswork anymore. So yeah, that, that relationship is, it's absolutely crucial. So you're not just wasting time back there and, you know, wasting good light. Mm-hmm. Do you have any secrets for not, not letting your hands freeze off? Ooh, well, gloves, lots of gloves. Like mm-hmm. my glove collection is kind of absurd. I've got one for every day if I really needed one. Um, down mittens, big down mittens. Those are, that's key. I use like little, little hand liners, but then I've got these puffy mittens with a hard, you know, a waterproof layer on top. Um, yeah. And those are phenomenal. At the same time, now that I think of it, I just got a pair of those, is it asterisk gloves? You know, those like ones with all the fringe on them from Aspen. Have you seen those? <laughs> I bet you look really good. Like, yeah, they're straight up like dumb and dumber, but they're, you know, we found them on sale in Canada. So they're somewhat reasonable with the, the discount you get as an American. And uh, those things are the warmest, warmest gloves I've ever used. Like I'm going to look like an idiot next year when I'm walking around the backcountry with these like leather fringe gloves. Um, but I'll be warm. I can't wait to see you like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, look, there's Andrew Chad in his signature gloves. Signature gloves, yeah. The H Chad Pro model. All black and then these absurd tan gloves. Yeah. You got to stay warm. You got to like, you got to, you got to keep yourself happy out there. Um, I have a question for you. Yep. Do you feel like everyone is a photographer these days? And if so, what do you do about that? Um, yeah, everyone is a photographer. I think it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully not everyone's a, you know, an action sports photographer, but I think it's kind of cool that, you know, everyone can go out with the cell phones these days or whatever camera they want and take a great photo um it's kind of a pain when it comes to competition stuff um but yeah i i think it's one of the greatest things to watch people get excited to make a photo um and make a good photo and it's it's pretty fun because i have one of those the cell phone cases for the moment lenses mm-hmm. and so i usually carry around a couple of moment lenses and um you know i hand the cell phone to someone with one of those lenses and they get a whole different perspective and they just go absolutely wild with this like super fisheye lens. And that's just fun to see. Like I don't really have a problem with everyone being a photographer. That's the mindset of abundance. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, everyone being a photographer, I think the bigger issue is everyone being a free photographer. That's got to be addressed at one point. Um, Cause you're just kind of undercutting the value of everyone else's work. If you're like, Oh, I'll just do it for free. I agree, obviously, but I think I think that's a really valid point that people people give their work away for free and then it undercuts the entire industry. Um, so, like, how did you learn how to negotiate for yourself and be like, "No, you need to pay me"? Um, I think there was like a a few different ways. Uh, mainly, it was because I learned from a bunch of older guys that all either have families or established in their career. And they looked at me and like, dude, you cannot do free. Like you're undercutting all of our work, um, especially in the print industry, which is kind of dying off. Um, there is there is a battle to stay alive, especially in that like top pool. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned, yeah, you know, I like having gas in the tank and it's, you know, making money that way is kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Keep the van rolling around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's also just asking, 
like you know every everyone's not really expecting free but they're just used to it mm-hmm. you just throw out a number anything but zero some you know most of the time it actually kind of works out people are willing to pay for a good product um or at least find some sort of compensation in that yeah i think it's really important oh yeah i mean i you know when you're a tourism company contacts you for an image and you have no idea what to pay a lot of the time it's like getting online and asking all the buddies that have done it before i'm like hey what would you do I'm like okay that that number works i'll just say that rather than be like oh yeah you can have it for free so i can see it online later or something yeah because seeing it online doesn't put gas in the tank no it does it's weird how instagram works like that yeah yeah or pizza in your mouth I, exactly i need gas and pizza to stay alive and artificial sugar yeah Lisa, do you ever struggle to find the perfect vacation home when you're on vacation? No, usually I just sleep in my truck. Well, yeah, me too. But some people do. Some people rent vacation homes. Yeah, and there's some pretty great websites that can match you with the perfect vacation home, like one that has a hot tub or a big backyard. And it looks like a bunch of letters, but you're actually supposed to say a made-up word when you talk about it now. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like a creative agency I know that looks like it's pronounced wheelie. It's actually pronounced wheelie. Why am I looking at wheelie? Well, it's because wheelie is an awesome creative agency for people who thrive outside. Wow, tell me more about what this creative agency does. It's called wheelie and it is all the best content, uh, marketing, strategy, branding, video production, social media management, web design. So instead of looking on the internet for houses, just book a creative agency. If you think that sleeping in your truck sounds better than getting a vacation home with a hot tub, you might be a good candidate for Wheelie. That's W-H-E-E-L-I-E creative.com. Wow. Andrew talked about a very important topic to the creative industry. So for all you aspiring creatives out there, it is so important not to work for free. And it is so important to stand your ground and make sure that you are valuing yourself and your work and getting paid what you're worth. Yeah, and and it's something that happens in the creative arts more so than anywhere else, I think, almost. Um, People asking for free art and free creative labor Um, and if you're a creative who's, that's your form of putting gas in the tank, then it's your job to ask for money. Absolutely. It really is. And I mean, as the owner of a creative agency where we employ seven people, um, as full-time employees, not as contractors, people are always telling me, oh, like your prices are outrageous, blah, blah, blah. And I always just say, hey, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe you think that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but you get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay to charge for things. It's important to the whole industry. So don't don't cut the industry down by giving your work away for free. Yeah. And valuing yourself is important. Recognizing that you have value and your work has value is like an important step in becoming a, a creative. That's right. That's what it means to be pro. Yeah. Let's get back to Andrew. Um curious if you come back to the word negotiation and negotiating 
over and under objects and moving through the world. What does that mean to you around photography? How do you negotiate nature? Nature? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you go back to that shot you were talking about with Corey, um, overlooking the valley. Um, he had a pretty spicy line. I think what I had to negotiate was standing on this kind of like rib with just a little bit of snow and being comfortable enough to stand there just for long enough to court for Corey to go down. Um, and then negotiating the train afterwards. Um, I think that's, you know, if you look at ski photography, you kind of get one shot on a line before a ski track goes in. Um, and half of what I'm doing, especially in like a tree run, for example, is going down and bushwhacking through a bunch of shrubbery to keep some line clean. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, negotiating with the forest quite a bit, trying to like weasel my way into a spot and not screw up this canvas that we've all, all have set up. And then, you know, even more is just negotiating the weather. If it's dumping snow and you've got to change lenses, like kind of a battle. Mm-hmm. Kind of got to like figure out, you know, all your systems before, uh, and it's there's been some failure. There's been a lot of snow and some lenses this year. Oh no, it's just embarrassing. Well, yeah, and then I feel like gear is meant to be used, so I'm pretty like I'm very hard on cameras. Totally, very hard on ski gear. Totally. I mean, as soon as I learned that the camera was not just a fancy toy, it's an actual tool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you get it insured, it makes a mm-hmm. difference then you can start treating it like the tool it should be and put it in weird situations when it's dumping wet snow and be like, oh, the thing will work. Do you want to know something funny around insurance? Yeah. You may or may not know, but we got kicked off our business insurance after that Super Bowl commercial. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Totally worth it. But but basically every year somebody kicks us off the insurance plan and then I go get a new one. So... It's pretty hilarious, and I've just decided that that's how we're going to roll. That's interesting. Yeah. Too extreme? We're just too extreme. Just too extreme down at Wheelie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But back to the podcast. When you were talking about how when you're setting up for a shot for skiing and you only get one shot, do you ever feel like Eminem? Where you only get one shot? Just one shot, yeah. Well, I, yeah, no, it's, I, I try to avoid the one hit wonders back there. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's too high risk sometimes. So, yeah, I try to keep the skiing fun for people. I want, you know, I want to see someone ski eight turns versus just one in front of me. Um, yeah, so I try to eliminate the, eliminate the M&M one shot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's one shot, and that's why you shoot at 12 frames a second mm-hmm. and just spray that thing away. And play a numbers game. Yeah, and then instead of one shot, you got three hundred shots. Yeah, just like fill up, fill up that buffer and see see what you get. I know it. Yeah, I know it's just it's time consuming. You have to go look through it all, and you're like, oh god, I pressed the button way too much today. Do you like post production? I love it. I think that's, I think half of it for me is creating the image and going out and figuring out, you know, something cool out there, and then the other half that I just absolutely love is coming home dumping the card and then looking at it for four hours. That, that to me is that, I mean, I remember learning like color correction through, I think it was like a creative live.com uh, online workshop. And I was just baffled that that's how it all worked out. And this is like early on when I was 
YouTubing every day trying to figure out how cameras work. And uh, yeah, to see to see color correction done well is, I love it. I look at some of those like Uber curated accounts all the time. Like, God, you guys are so good at that color correction. It's true. It's, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Um, whereas, and I, you know, sometimes I, I just struggle to keep a consistent look in a ski image. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all, the whole process is fun, to be honest. The, like absolutely every moment is a damn good time. I agree. Um, what's your, what's your advice to brands to work with a photographer? Um, the big one is, I I would honestly like a a visual board is quite nice. Like when, you know, I'm going up back up to the blanket, um, in about a week and I'm working with true out of Portland now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And we've been talking about like what they're looking for and, um, making sure everyone's on the same page of like, this is, this is what we want. This is what we don't really want. Um, and giving, you know, some solid direction of like, this is all we're looking for. We don't need any big flare or we need a bunch of big flare. Um, and then having that understanding of like, all right, if you want certain things done, understand it's going to take a little bit of extra effort. Things are going to have to slow down. Whereas I think some brands have been like, just kind of they forget that there's a process behind it oh um so like oh why is why do we have to do this three times why do we have to do this four times um so it's just you know understanding that you've hired someone based on their skill set let them do their skill set yeah right that's a good one yeah you know it's you, you hired me as a photographer let me do what you've hired me to do do you find that some brands are really controlling? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they're just kind of like over your shoulder, um, kind of trying, like looking at the back of your screen as much as they can, which is fine. Like if you, you know, if you want to control more of the image, it's just sometimes it's actually a little bit easier. Uh-huh. Take a photo and show the client, and be like, "What do you like? What do you don't like?" Um, I also try to avoid people looking at the back of the screen because what it looks like on my camera is not what it's going to look like in the final, final image. Um, yeah. So those, those are always a little bit tricky, but I I also enjoy when brands give you like freedom and like, Hey, we kind of like your style. Just do your thing. Create a bunch of stuff. It's true. The vagueness is tough too. At the same time, you're like, you turn in a project and you're like, Oh, I hope that was good. I think it can be challenging though. When, because there's a lot of trust involved when you hire a photographer and like you know the brands are trusting you or the agency or the athletes and and so i think there's that dependability that you're able to bring is so crucial um and then that dependability leads to just massive creative freedom exactly um yeah and at the same time you go back to just working with photographer athlete you're taking in ski photography, you're taking someone's powder day essentially mm-hmm. to go work on your, as I say, art projects. And, um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a certain level of trust there that that athlete is expecting some images and then mm-hmm. them to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, you know, that's, that can be a little bit stressful sometimes. It's good stress. It's good stress. I remember doing a project years ago where 
we were doing a like a portrait for I think it was Bicycling Magazine, and um, they get, gave us the prompt, and it was like a soup. In my opinion, it was kind of vague. Um, They're just like rural cooking outdoors, Boulder, Colorado. Go. Oh. Like oh, interesting. And uh, yeah. Like short little story, we we all got together and it was just howling winds in Boulder. Um, so we were trying to do this outside fire thing, and we couldn't keep the fire alive, and we all wanted to quit. And I was I called it at that point. I was like, oh, "This is this is just not going to work." Yeah. Um, at the same time, we all came to the conclusion, like, "Well, if we don't do it tonight, when are we going to do it? We're all too busy for this." So we like, kind of faked this fire. We just put a bunch of smoke out of it. Um, and things kind of started lining up in our favor. And then the sun went just absolutely beautiful on us. Still super windy. And while we were shooting, the farm owner drove his tractor behind us and just kicked up this beautiful, like, backlit dust cloud. Oh. And, yeah, like, again, had we not committed to it that afternoon, we would not have had that image. Um, yeah, so that, you know, sticking to it, negotiate, you know, again, negotiating – with weather is never easy, but you, that, that's the fun part. I think um, is creating something when things aren't going right. That's my favorite, to be honest. I I think that's what takes creative work from good to great is when conditions aren't perfect. And when maybe you don't have the nicest camera in the whole wide world and, or like maybe the weather isn't doing what you want or whatever, but you still are able to make something phenomenal. Yeah, totally. You know, if someone was like, hey, we need rainy shots in, yeah, we need like a rain rain mountain bike shot in the middle of summer in Montana. Like, you know, the last three summers, it hasn't rained here in August. We are just like full of smoke. And so you go out there with a bunch of water bottles and a hose and like make something happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, you guys do that all the time. It's a lot of fun working with you guys for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just, and you just got to be down and be like, yeah, I can make that happen. I can figure that out. Totally. Yeah. You know, you just, that's, that's the best part about photography is just the problem solving of something that doesn't seem possible. Cool. Well, um, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, I love it. Thank you for letting me be here. And, um, let's see. Uh, We'll put your website in the show notes and people should and need to follow you on Instagram. And that is a dot Chad. A dot Chad. Yeah. A dot Chad. Easy enough. Um, and then your website is. AndrewChadMedia.com. Easy words to spell. Easy words. Yeah. Just a bunch of first names. Yeah. AndrewChadMedia.com. Check it out. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Andrew. No, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Andrew. Everybody could and should follow him on Instagram. He's a.chad. Yeah, and his website is andrewchadmedia.com, and those links will be in the show notes, as well as his photo of Corey Seaman is on our episode webpage, which you can find in the show notes or on our Instagram, at Creative. That's right, and like we said before, Corey Seaman is going to be on the podcast next week talking about being an athlete who works with photographers and what that relationship is like and how it's symbiotic and Corey's a really funny guy so 
should be a good episode. Yeah, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss when that one comes out. We drop episodes every single Thursday morning. Don't forget to leave us a review. We really, really love it if you just take that half a second out of your day to leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Boop, boop. Bye.